Amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn again to John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. We'll be there in just a, a few moments. Last week, Derek and I both shared with you a burden that we have on our heart for our congregation. We are living in strange, uncomfortable, unprecedented, historic times. And because of that, we find ourselves separated. Uh, six foot yellow tape here in the sanctuary. Many of you all have to be at home right now. And I don't know about you, I don't like that. <laughs> that is just so not our way within church. Church, we are built to be together and to be in close proximity and to be in close uh, relationship with one another. This has been a tough time. It's been a tough time for me. And many of you have shared how difficult it is has been for you in your lives as well. And so with that in mind, uh, Derek and I have been talking about this way back when I first came here as your pastor over 15 years ago. I did a series of messages called The One Another's. And interestingly enough, just in the last few months, our middle son, Michael, has been building on that at his church out in Seattle. But as Derek and I were talking about it, praying about it more and more, we felt, you know, if ever there's been a time that we need to focus on the one another's, it's at a time when we can't be together. And so that's what this series is, is all about. I, right now, our church family needs this so much. However, let's keep in mind, there are some people that have to be at home right now, okay? Some of you are there, and you're right where you need to be because of pre-existing conditions or maybe a, a compromised immune system. Maybe you're sick right now, or maybe you're having to self-quarantine because you've been around somebody that is. You're right where you need to be, and we just want you to know something. We listen very carefully. We miss you. We miss you. We miss being together. And hopefully soon this will be over and we can be together together again. But the focus of this message is, is how can we one another one another when we can't be together together? Now I know that's kind of hard for you to say. You keep working on it. You learn it long enough and recite it as much as Derek and I have and you'll be able to say that as well. There are, are two really significant points that we want to press home as we look at the one another passages in the Bible. The first is we want to remind you of the incredible value of fellowship, the incredible need that we have to fellowship with one another. There is no substitute for that. Listen, I am so glad, I am so absolutely brimming with pride over our media team who have made it possible for us to be in homes and to do that with such wonderful clarity. Now, I know some people are still having difficulty on their download in, but as far as what we're putting out, it's of such incredible quality. But listen to me very carefully. Media was never designed to be a substitute for fellowship. Okay? Yeah, I heard a few amens there. Let me say it one more time. Maybe I'll get a few more. Media was never designed to be a substitute for fellowship. Much better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's tremendous. And where would we have been without this, especially during those early days when we really were not meeting at all? And so I, I thank God for that. I'm so pleased that our team has done such a wonderful job with that. Um, the airways, especially around 11 o'clock, 
are just saturated with churches all over that are broadcasting. And so the download speeds is totally dependent on where you happen to live. And if you've got unlimited bandwidth download, you're watching without any, any hiccups whatsoever. But if you're in, you live in an area like we do, uh, it's, just, it's just impossible. There's just not enough download speed to go around up in our area. Let me tell you what many people have learned. <laughs> if you don't mind waiting just a little bit, <laughs> where not everybody and his brother is online, you can download without any trouble whatsoever. So just, just a little word of advice there. But this is the main thing. We need to maximize one another's when we can't be together. That's what's imperative. So we, we want to help you to know how to one another one another when we can't be together together. And that's what the series is about. But that is a dilemma. Because when you're not together, how can you do the one another's? This is going to call for us to be creative. Us. Not just your ministers and your Sunday school teachers and such, but all of us to get creative. How can we effectively Love one another, minister to one another, exhort one another, comfort one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, pray. All of the things we get to do with one another. How can we do that in the middle of a pandemic? Listen, we can. The church always has. Because we were born in this kind of adversity to where we couldn't get together in large crowds. But we could still be together and find ways creatively to do the one another's with one another. That has been what this is about. Now, as you open your Bible, as you read uh, all of the one another's, especially in the, in the New Testament, you find they kind of group themselves into four major groupings. And we're going to look at those in those four major groupings. The first grouping is the love one another's. That's, that is a whole, a third of all of the one another's have to do with loving one another. We're going to look at those today. The second group is the unity, one another's. Those commands that tell us how we need to do life together and to be of one mind and one heart, one spirit together. And then there are the humility, one another's. And finally, the supportive, one another's. So we're going to look at those over these next few weeks this morning about the love, one another's. And the premier text is the one that Derek read earlier from John chapter 13, 34. And I want us to read over it again. Jesus' very own words. And I want you to see something very interesting in the process. Let's read this together. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, in your Bible, just underline that right there. Love one another. And keep on reading. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. There you go, underline it again. And then the next verse. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Underline it again. Did you get that? Three times in one passage from the lips of Jesus, he's saying, this is how I want you to do life together. This is the way you do church. This is the way you live as my family. You love one another. Pray with me. Father God, this is just so imperative. I feel that you have put it on my heart to just underline this, put it in bold, highlight it in yellow. This is where we must start. This is the attitude of heart that governs all of the things that you say about how we're to relate to one another. If we take the factor of love out, 
then, then we've just got a bunch of rules. But with love is the key. With love is the motivator. With love is the governing factor. Then these commands become just life for us. Lead us into your heart, Lord God. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Now, Jesus starts out by saying, a new commandment I give you. And right off, if you've studied the Word of God very much, you've been in Sunday school very long or whatever, right away you're going to say, now, wait a minute, this isn't new. This isn't particularly new. I remember there's things in the Old Testament about that. Indeed, one day Jesus was asked, people were testing him, asked, what is the great, greatest commandment? And, and you know, he, he went right to where the Scriptures are. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like unto it, you will love your neighbor as yourself. So, you know, there's nothing new about this. This has been in the Old Testament already. But Jesus said it's a new commandment. So, the question is this, what's new about this new commandment? Because it seems like it's been around for a while. Well, indeed, it has. Let me tell you what's new about the new commandment. Several things I want you to underscore. First of all, I want you to see this. It's new because it's the first commandment that was written to the church. To Israel, there were the Ten Commandments and then all the other laws that went along with them. But this is the first commandment to the church. That's us. Secondly, it was new in that the old command told us that we're to love one another as we love ourselves. But that's not what Jesus says here. We're to love one another more than we love ourselves. We're to love one another in the same manner in which Christ has loved us. That's an incredible difference. Third, it says that this, this uh, is new because it was directed towards the disciples. The disciples of Christ, Christ's followers, he's in. This is how you do life together. And then the fourth thing was this doesn't have anything to say about how we're to love the lost. This is how we love one another. This is how we love saved folk. Fifth, it's new because it was not so much a command for them to obey as it was a lifestyle for him to live through them. It was a lifestyle. Write down that key word. And then it's the newness is not so much what he said, it's the extent in which we're to love one another. The extent, the power behind it. That's what's new about the new commandment. But now I want to focus on this for just a moment. And I may be a little out of order in your notes. I can't remember. Can I say this very clearly? This is a command. The Ten Commandments were ten commands. The one another's are commands. They're not suggestions. They're not good ideas. They're not things you pick up when you go to a seminar, how to win friends and influence people. They're commands, orders, imperatives given by Jesus. They're required, they're, they're compulsory, they are absolute, they are commands. Now let me, let me speak truth here. If you and I decide in our heart to break a one of the commandments, we are a lawbreaker. We're disobedient. 
when we choose not to follow the one another's, which are likewise commands to the church, we are saying in Jesus' face, I ain't going to do it. They're not suggestions, folks. They're commands. Orders. Compulsory. And the motivation behind that is love. The motivation behind that is love. My love for the Lord Jesus Christ, and then my love for the brethren. That's the motivation, that's the driving force behind but it is a command. Now, hear me very carefully. If I'm having difficulty obeying one of God's commands and I'm living in disobedience to that command, listen to me very carefully. I'm not demonstrating that I have a problem with obedience. I'm not demonstrating that I have a problem with the command. I'm demonstrating I'm not loving Jesus. You hear me? It's not a problem that I'm struggling with this command to love my brother. Or I'm struggling with this command about tithing. That's not it. The Bible says, Jesus himself says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not about the commandment. It's about do you love me? It's the measure of the love. The Apostle John added in 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commands. And His commandments are not burdensome to us. Turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 2 for a moment. While you're turning there, these commands are given to be obeyed out of the love relationship with Christ. Not saying, I'm going to obey this if it kills me. (laughs) That's not born out of love, is it? No. Anything is born out of something other than love. (laughs) No. The motivation for obeying the commandments is the love of Christ has been shed abroad in our heart and that love that we return back to Him. It's about our loving relationship. It's about our loving relationship. And that's why John's going to pen these words. Are you, are you at 1 John chapter 2? You need to be looking at this. 1 John chapter 2 and find verse 3. I, I want you to see this. Now, by this, you see this? Now, now by this, we know that we know Him. That's real clear, isn't it? By, by what I'm about to tell you, we know that we know Him. If we keep his commandments. That's kind of clear, isn't it? He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is what? Tell me. A liar. A liar. Because he says, I love Jesus. I hate that so-and-so over there. John goes on a little further. If if you'll go down to chapter 4, go to chapter 4 and pick up verse 21. If anyone says, I love God, and hates 
his brother? He is, what? Tell me again. A liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. What's it saying, folks? This is irrefutable evidence as to whether or not my heart's right. If I'm having difficulty keeping the Word of God, then here's the diagnosis. Fred, you've got heart trouble. You are having difficulty in our love relationship. And my love is not being shed abroad in your heart, and it's not being returned, because my love enables you to keep my commands. And they're not burdensome, they're not irksome, they're not repulsive to you. It's heavy stuff, okay? I understand that. But I cannot move forward without underscoring the very clear reality of the Word of God here. These are commands born out of the love of God for us and me expressing my love back for Him. And again, if you and I are having problems obeying the Lord, the problem is in our heart. We need a revival. We need a renewal of our love relationship with our Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is convicting our hearts and saying you just can't stay there. You just can't stay there. That's the essence of the command. So we understand now that that. The commands are born out of God's love for us. We obey them out of our love for Him. And in loving Him, we are loving one another. And this is a command born out of love. Okay, we got that. Is that clear enough? Do we, do we need to go back over any of that? I think it's abundantly clear. When the words are written in red, just the way Jesus spoke them, okay? He spoke and red letters came out of His mouth. Did you not know that? Just the way He said them, all right, corroborated by... The other gospel witnesses as well. I, I, I just got to give you one more. Turn, turn in your Bible to 1 Peter. Go back to the back of your Bible there. 1 Peter, if, you, if you'll find chapter 1 for a moment. While you're turning, I want to read a couple of other passages over you. When Jesus said this in John 13, it wasn't an isolated incident even from him in in. in, in Chapter 15, verse 12, he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Same words almost. Verse 17, these things, I command you that you love one another. Paul reiterated the very same theme in 1 Thessalonians 3 when he said, And may the Lord make you to increase and abound in your love for one another. And later in chapter 4 and verse 9, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you because God has already taught you to love one another. But listen to Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, find verse 22. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls by obeying, you see, by o- obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. He's saying right here, we purify our souls as we obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And especially as we obey the one another's. It brings a, a purity and a cleansing. And because, why? Because many times we have to confess that we're not doing this. And in that confessing and in that repentance, there's renewal going on in our lives. And I think that's going to happen as we study these one another's. So we get the idea that obeying the commands of the one another's is really, really important to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it should be really, really important to us as well. So, Here's what I want you to know. Eleven times, eleven times in your New Testament are those words, love one another, linked. There are four other times that they're linked, but they give a specific application. So what are those, Pastor? Let's look at those very quickly. The first is Galatians 5.13. That reference is in your notes. And this is how we, out of our love, we serve one another. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This is an incredible impetus in your church. It always has been. The motivation for our ministry has always been loving service whether we're talking about the beacon team, or we're talking about the deacon ministry, whether we're talking about the Bible study ministry, whatever ministry we're talking about, this is service born out of love. And so he says, here's here's how you express your love for one another. You serve one another. And then look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2. It's also in your notes there. Through love, tolerate one another. Actually, it says, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another. You you, you know, it it takes that in the family. Maybe, Maybe in your home, you don't have to tolerate one another. Maybe in your home, you don't have to bear with one another. Let me tell you, in your preacher's home, we do. And there ain't but two of us there. But this is just life. This is how you do life in the family of God. And then that becomes then the model of how you do it in the family. And vice versa. Out of love, tolerate one another. Let me tell you something. If Valeria Lodge didn't love the, the, the gajibers out of me, she would not tolerate me. Okay? I heard that amen. And it wasn't from her. Maybe. She might have paid you something for that. But because of love, we tolerate, we, we, we put up with, we bear with one another. And that's out of a heart for Christ. Romans, Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, 
through love be devoted to one another. Devoted. Specifically, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Yeah. In honor, giving preference to one another. Giving preference to one another. It, and, and let me give you this one. This one we're having trouble with right now in a pandemic. This is from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. It says, greet one another with the holy kiss of love. We're having a little difficulty with that right now, okay? Preacher don't need a big old sloppy one on my cheek right yet. But what is it saying? We need to be excited about seeing one another. About joyfully being with one another. And, and, and by the close maybe we can get is an elbow bump right now, and then we have to go wash our elbow. But for right now, for right now, that one may be difficult, but it's a coming, all right? It's coming as God gives us freedom. So let me, let me tie all this together. Let me tie all this together. How do we do this in a pandemic? Brother Fred, we can't be together together. And that comes from Acts chapter 2, remember? When they were together in one place, but they were together in one heart and mind. Okay? We can be together in one heart and mind, but we can't be together in one place. When we can't be together together, we can't do the one another's, can we? Oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. And we must, and we must, especially the love one another's. Especially the love one another's. A couple things. First of all, we can tell one another that we love them. We can tell one another that we love them. This is something, I, I don't know exactly how this happened, but during this time of the pandemic, on the many conversations that we're having over the telephone and, and, and just in short conversations we may have six feet away with masks on, all the rest of this kind of stuff. You know what is, more, is naturally rolling off of our lips more than ever before? I love you. I love you. And it should. We should be telling one another how much we love them, if indeed we do. And I hope we do. Now, I know this is a challenge. Guys, some of you, have, I haven't told your wives that you've loved them for 30 years. I understand that. And for this, it may be a bit of a challenge for you, okay? It costs nothing. But it has a powerful impact. When from your heart and the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, I love you. I'm not saying you say it if you don't mean it, but if the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart, and you're expressing that in your love to Him, and you're busy doing the one another's, it shouldn't be that hard to say I love you. Let me challenge you to do that. How much can you spread that around in a week? We'll have a test next week to see how well you did. But you can, you can tell one another that. You, then say, you can demonstrate that. You can still demonstrate that. You, you're not held back to where you can't demonstrate your love for one another in the body of Christ. You're not tied back to where you can't do that. You can make telephone calls. You can write letters in something they call mail. All right? And then you can use the electronic as well. And 
Let me tell you something communicates love in my family. Pictures. Pictures. When several years ago, I don't remember how long it was, honey, three years ago I think it was, I think, the, our crew out at Washington was saying, you know, Mom, ask Dad what we can get him for Christmas. I mean, you know, hadn't got everything, but I'm, you know, probably hard to buy for, you can buy it like you are too. And she told me, I said, tell him this, send me pictures of my grandkids. I don't care so much about you two, but the grandkids. <laughs> send me pictures that communicates such love. You can do that. You, you can snap that selfie or whatever it is and send that to someone and just say, just want to let you know I'm thinking about you and I love you. Whoo! Give me a shiver just thinking about it. All right? Hear me. Don't you dare buy Satan's lie when he says you can't do the one another's when you're in this pandemic. That's a lie. Do not buy that. We can, and if ever there's been a time that we must, it's now. You can make carefully planned visits out in the yard or one behind the screen door and the other one standing on the porch or whatever the case may be. You can have acts of kindness. You can run an errand for somebody. There's so much that we can still do. Don't buy the lie that our hands are tied because we're in this pandemic and so we can't do the one another's to one another. Oh, yes, we can. And we must as never, ever before. Finally, let me say this. Let me make this abundantly clear. When the Bible gives us a clear command, I think it's imperative to demonstrate that we are indeed Christ followers in our clear obedience. Interesting what Jesus said here in John 13, 34 through 35. Verse 35, he says, And by this, what does that mean? By your love for one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What's it say? This lost world is not going to know that we're Christ's followers because of sermons and songs. Ain't going to know that way. They're not going to know by all the buildings we build and the assemblies we build. Not going to know it that way. They're, they're not going to know by all of the missions that we go on and all of the ministries we do. The Bible says this lost world is going to know for sure that you are my disciples if they see you loving one another in the body. There's never been a time the lost world has been looking in the windows of the church the way they're looking right now. How's the church handling this pandemic? How, how will you Continuing to minister to one another. How are you ministering to the needs in the community? And listen to me. This world has every right to ask those questions of the church and those who make up the church. 
we are going to get a report card when this pandemic's over from the world around us. And they're going to say either, we saw Jesus working in you as you ministered in your neighborhood, as you loved those who were hungry, as you cared for those in your community that couldn't get out and about. We saw that, and you know what? We want some of that. We want some of that. Or not. We're all going to get a report card. Jesus said, they're going to know if they see you loving one another. If you're one another and one another, even when you can't be together, together. That's what the scorecard is going to say. I think when Jesus gives a command, His believers should stand up and say, you can count on me. I think when Jesus gives a command, His followers stand up and say, we will be the church. You can depend on me. I think when Jesus gives a command, it goes to our heart and the heart of genuine Christ followers demands we stand and say this church can count on me. I don't see anybody standing here. You see, sometimes the pastor just says things rhetorically just for you to hear. But sometimes he makes statements that are worthy of consideration. I think when Christ makes a command that we love one another, that Christ's followers will stand and say, you can count on me. You can count on me, Lord. I'll not leer the lie of the devil that says our hands are tied and we can't do anything to love one another in this time. I will find a way. God, you can count on me. That's what it means to stand. Father God, we stand in your presence. We stand in obedience to your command. We stand because you have commanded and required, absolutely made it compulsory of us. This world needs to see the reality of Jesus Christ. And you gave one barometer and one barometer alone how that's going to happen when they see us loving one another. Lord, as we're standing before you right now, we're saying, Lord, we are standing to tell you you can count on us. We will find a way to demonstrate our love for one another by just telling one another and by showing one another by acts of kindness, by prayers over the phone, by encouraging cards or whatever the case may be, doing a good deed here, running an errand here. How can I show you, my dear brother or sister, that I really love you. 
Lord, you see our hearts. Our church is going to be transformed by this, Lord. And our community is going to be impacted because of the decisions we make to one another, one another, even when we can't be together, together. And Father, can I pray especially for those who can't be here today? They may be standing at home right now. But Lord, we have such a deep responsibility for those who can't be here right now. Legitimate reasons. They, they, they have illnesses or pre-existing conditions or immune-compromised systems or, or maybe they're having to be quarantined for a season because they've been around somebody. Whatever the case may be, will you put a burden on our heart not just to love those we can see on a weekly basis, but be especially mindful of those we can't. Father, I thank you for our Bible study groups, our Sunday school classes especially, and the way they have reached out to those who can't be here and continue to show that love. I thank you for our deacons who regularly call those who are shut in, they're homebound, they can't be out and about, and demonstrate their love. Father, thank you that we will not be hamstrung. We're going to be creative like our forefathers, and even the early church did, to find a way to one another, one another, until we can be back together, together. Father, this morning there are some who may want to come to the altar and just pray for those who can't be here today, loved ones who can't be here with us today, dear servants who have worked hard in the vineyard right here at First Baptist, but they can't be here today. Some will want to come and just want to pray for them. And offer their prayers of thanksgiving and intercession for them. Father, there's some may want to come and pray out their own hearts, saying, Oh God, I'm, I hadn't been very loving towards one another. But I ask you to, to, to refresh your love in my heart that I can be filled with that love and share it to others. Some may want to join our fellowship. If they do, Lord, we encourage them to come and just sit on this front row, and Derek and I'll be right with them. Lord, it's time for us to do business with you. Ed's going to lead us in this song, Lord, and as he does, Holy Spirit, I ask if there are those who will come and will just pray for one another, those who will come and make decisions for Christ, whatever it is you put on our heart, our answer is yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.